back, and I bet you didn't even know I'd gone away. This is Tales from a Homeworker. Hi all, welcome to episode 8 of Tales from a Homeworker. It's good to be speaking to you all again. Um, after last week I took a little bit of a break. I'll be honest, I wasn't sure if I was going to come back and do this. Um, I had a little bit of a dip last week. Cyclothymid will do that to you anyway. I did have a little bit of a, a low time last week and I really, really wasn't feeling it. And that was compounded by a couple of events that happened in the news last week as well, which which really, really affected me. Um, one was the easing of the lockdown in the UK at the moment and the right and wrongs of that that I struggled with. Um, and I'll I'll talk about that, and I'm going to address that in a in a segment later. Um, and the second one was the issues that happened around the the, the Black Lives Matter and the killing of George Floyd uh, in the U.S. Uh, and again, that was something as a as a as a middle aged white man in the U.K. Uh, I epitomise privilege, um, but still, you know, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And that affected me, that really brought me down, and it, and it felt like last week that just things were getting really bad in the world at the moment. Um, so, I, I took some time out, I've removed myself from news apps and from social media at the moment. I'm not ignorant to it, but now I choose when I want to view the news. So I'm still totally aware of what's happening in the world, I'm not... I'm not going to be an ignorant person that, that says, well, I can't affect it, so I'm not getting involved. But the bombarding of it last week for me got a little bit too much and I just needed to step away from that. And part of that was I just really wasn't feeling in the uh, in the right headspace to be to be doing a podcast last week. Um, so, yeah, so I had a little bit of a time out, refreshed, chilled, you know, did some nice things, got out for walks, got into nature, and that's really, really good for the soul. So I did that. So we're back this week with episode eight. Um, we're going to have some of the regular stuff in here, some some probably not so regular stuff in here. I want to try and mix it up. I want to, I don't want it to be the same every week. So I'm going to throw some different things in here. And maybe some stuff that you've heard in the past, little segments that I've done, I might drop those. If you've got any any comments, any views about anything like that, if you, if you're going, if you get to episode 10 and you're thinking, Mike, I really missed that bit, <laughs> drop me a line, get in touch. Let me know. I'll, I'll be happy to, to, to bring it back. Um, if, there's, if there's demand from my public, um, I'll do that for you. Okay. In that case, then, let's get on with the show. As a little treat for some of you who are listening to this podcast via Spotify, this is a fab little thing that I've discovered uh, that we can do on here now, and that's I can drop some music in um, uh, into into the podcast just to mix it up a little bit. So what I'm going to be doing for those of you that listen via Spotify, um, I'm just going to throw in some of my favourite tracks, some new stuff that um, that I've discovered. Uh, some old tunes that that you know I've loved for years, and just I'll try and mix it up a little bit. Um, now apparently you can only hear this on Spotify, so for those of you listening to this via another format at the moment and uh, can hear it, 
well done. You might get a little segment of the tune, well done. If you like the tune, head over to Spotify. It's free to listen to the podcast on there anyway. Um, check it out on there, and you'll get the get the full music. Um, nice. This week I want to do a big shout out for a place that's really close to my heart. Chester Zoo has really struggled over the past couple of months with the lockdown um, coronavirus epidemic. Um, Not because of the danger to the animals, it's because it gets 97% of its funding from the visitors passing through its gates. Um, And obviously that's that's disappeared over the past couple of months. it's important that we do as much as we can to save this institution. And I know some people have issues around zoos and the captivity of animals. And I know sometimes I've had little issues uh, about that uh, myself. But they do absolutely amazing, fantastic conservation work. There's animals surviving now because of the work that they do. And it's an incredible, incredible place. Um, so I'm going to ask you two things to do. One, if you're generous enough... Um, to just dip your hands in your pockets if you head over to the Chester Zoo website uh, and you can Google, I won't give you the website here you can Google Chester Zoo, you can find it easily enough uh, but if you head over to their, to their website and if you can make a donation absolutely brilliant um, keep them afloat now even if it's just a little bit You know, every little bit helps um, it's a, I mean it's an amazing employer for the area as well for, so just from that uh, aspect alone if you're interested in, in keeping people's jobs um um, they're surviving, you know, something for them to go back to when, you know, when hopefully all this this clears, then then brilliant. Please, please do that. You know, just just dip your hand in your pocket and give them, you know, the little bit that you can do. But secondly, visit when you get the opportunity when the zoo opens up again. Get there, visit. It is an absolutely amazing, incredible place, um, and I can't recommend it highly enough. I became a member there uh, a couple of years ago now, and it's one of the best things I ever did. Uh, and you can you can stroll around there all day long, and just every time I go, I see something new. I see something different, something unusual. Um, so I absolutely love the place. It's amazing. I mean, the the zoo itself has been around for 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 years now, and it'd be an absolute crime to see it disappear. The zoo, as I say, it's it's ninety seven percent of its income comes from visitors. That comes to one point six million pounds a month. That you know, it's a huge sum of money. It's a, it's a big big place. There's a, there's a lot of animal mouths to feed, uh, there and to care for. But the staff do care for them absolutely incredibly. Um, so yeah, I mean, nature conservation, you know, natural history, all those things are very very close to my heart. Um, just because it's an amazing thing and it's really important that we we keep this natural world surviving. Um, but also we don't want to see these species disappear. And and also as well, it's absolutely vital for your mental health. I know from from my perspective, uh, you know, any down days I'm feeling if I if I go to the zoo, it it just it just lifts me up. So it has so many benefits uh, all round. So yeah, if you can do something, if you can, you know, if you can, if you can, well, please do share this around. Please do let people know the the, the plight of the zoo at the moment. Um, and if you follow me online, if you follow me on Instagram, that is my only social media at, at the moment, by the way. Um, but if you follow me on Instagram, I've put some stuff on there with some links. You can you can follow it uh, to the zoo. Please do what you can. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you.
So I just want to address this topic this week, and I touched on it a little bit in the introduction about what happened in America with the um, with the murder. Let's call it what it is: the murder of uh, George Floyd, who was a family man who happened to go into, I believe, a restaurant and was accused of trying to spend a, a fake $20 bill and lost his life because of that. Now, me as a, as a middle... <laughs> sort of middle-aged... I hate saying that word. Um, I don't feel it. Um, but as a, as a middle-aged white man in the UK, privileged... I don't know what it's like to be to be segregated or to be discriminated against because of the colour of my skin or, or any other aspect of, uh, of of my personality of my you know of my being of who I am you know I'm a straight white male you know there's there's you know unless you've got an issue with straight white males and I'm, I'm sure people have um, you know, but we're, we're as, as far as as um, discrimination is concerned, we've got absolutely nothing to complain about. Um, you know, when people say, "But what about white men?" <laughs> you know, well, we've had it very, very good, and continue to have it very, very good. So let's let's not uh, compare ourselves with people who are suffering real hardships um, for, through no fault of their own, just because of a characteristic of an appearance. Okay. Um, and it touched me this week, and it really did. And there's been some some interesting things that I listened to and I and I read, uh, in and around the subject. Um, let me start by playing this for you. This this is a lady by the name of Jane Elliott, who is an anti-racism activist and educator. Now she's speaking to a room full of white citizens. Um, let me play this. <laughs> I want every white person in this room who would be happy to be treated as this society in general treats our citizens, our black citizens. If you, as a white person, would be happy to receive the same treatment that our black citizens do in this society, please stand. You didn't understand the directions. If you white folks want to be treated the way blacks are in this society, stand. Nobody's standing here. That says very plainly that you know what's happening. You know you don't want it for you. I want to know why you're so willing to accept it or to allow it to happen for others. Now that's really powerful. That for me says an awful lot. And it speaks to this idea of, and I'm sure we've we've all done it in the past, where we kind of go, well, I'm not racist. And I, I personally, I'm not racist. I haven't got a racist bone in my body. But there's a, a gentleman by the name of Joshua Virasami who, in, in, a, a, in, a, in a Guardian article this week, wrote that anti-racism requires more than passive sympathy. It's not enough now to just say, well, I'm not racist, so I'm okay. That passive attitude towards it, it's not cutting the mustard anymore. You know, as I said before, if you're not part of the solution... You're part of the problem. So we really need to be doing um, more now about addressing attitudes and addressing those things that we take for granted, you know, and, and, and giving away some of our privileges that we have, you know, and if that means fighting for, you know, for rights for people who have been discriminated against previously at our detriment, then so be it. 
absolutely so be it. Let's let's level the playing field. Let's give everybody a fair crack of the whip, regarding of their their race, their gender, their sexuality, their age. You know, um, the UN Convention on Human Rights, which some of the right wing press in this in this country have have um, derided against over the past few years. Um, you know, they protect these things, and it, it just baffles me when you when you read the human you know the human rights what what we each of us should have as our as our sovereign rights um getting eroded away by certain elements of the press and by you know certain political factions out there it's really really quite disturbing and we need to fight against this uh, and as much as i'm not a massive fan of, of politics or particularly politicians um it's absolutely we need to now stand our ground and and, and fight for this and, and make sure that everybody has you know a, an equal chance you know, based on who they are, not what they are, or what we seem to perceive that they represent. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'm quite aware this week that, you know, with some of the protests that's been going on, there's been certain elements um, of the press and in politics that just will focus on some of the violence that happened, some of the looting that happened. Well, let's be honest there, that's going to happen. It doesn't matter what happens at all you know when there's protest there's going to be a tiny tiny element of, of people regardless of who they are that will take advantage of that and will be violent and will loot and you know will do those things but to tar everybody with that same brush is is there's there's an agenda behind that and it's a quite insidious agenda behind that so yeah that's it doesn't matter what the protest says you're going to get those people so let's put that to bed let's ignore those and let's concentrate on those fast fast majority of people that are that are fighting for for, for rights and for fairness and for you know rallying against the injustices uh, injustices that's that's happening in the in the world today um, now what we need to do um, as as white people as people who who aren't discriminated against is as we say it's not enough to just go I'm not racist I'm not this I'm not that I'm not the other so I'm okay I'm contributing you're not you need to be more active. Now, I'm not going to claim to be an expert in this at all, right? I don't know everything at all, so I'm not going to speak about the things you can do because I'm still educating myself about, you know, the things that, that we can do. But get online, Google it. There's there's some uh, great resources out there. Um, if you Google Jane Elliott, for example, who is, as I, as I mentioned at the start of the clip, an anti-racism activist and educator, follow her and that will spring uh, to other links as well. Um but, you know, we need to be making our efforts to make this world a better place. Let, let's do it. I'd like to do a little TV uh, recommendation, if I can do, if there's something I've come across um, that is a really, really good watch. And for this week, I'm a little bit late here with this one, to be honest with you. And, and, and being away last week probably didn't help with this. But you can go onto the BBC iPlayer and catch this up. Spring Watch. Guys, get involved with this. It's it's completely brilliant. It's it's heartwarming, it's life affirming. It's really, really good for your soul. Um yeah, Chris Packham and the team do an amazing job with, with this stuff. And it's been difficult for him this uh this year around with Spring Watch with the whole coronavirus and the social distancing. Michaela, who lives in South Africa, Michaela, Michaela Strachan, um uh, has not been able to come over and, and really contribute to, to this year's uh show. So they've got some guest presenters going on there. So they're all spread across the country. 
and it's brilliant and it'll give you hints and tips for things that you can do in your own wild spaces, in your gardens. So yeah, get over to um, iPlayer, stick it on a series link on your recorders, guys, because you've got, you usually got Spring Watch, you've got Autumn Watch, I think they do like a Winter Watch as well, and the associated shows that, that go with it. So if you wanna go back, catch up, it's the best hours of TV you'll spend watching. Who needs murders and violence and stuff like that? And get yourself involved in, in, in the wild, get yourself outdoors. The other topic I want to address this week is what's happened in terms of lockdown easing. And me personally, this is not representing anybody else's views or anything like that. This is only my personal feelings towards it. But I'm just feeling really uncomfortable with it at the moment. And I think that's why I struggled a bit with it last week. Um, I personally get the feeling it's happening too soon. Um, I'm now taking my lead from the scientific and medical community who all agree that it's too soon. I'm a little bit baffled when we had this stages one to five. Um, why when we weren't supposed to be coming out of lockdown until we're in stage three, two, that we are still in stage four and the lockdown's being, being eased. I have my suspicions about why that's happening and I think it's purely for political reasons to, to try and win back some dissenting voters after what happened politically over the past few weeks. I'm not getting into it, not interested. Um, it's, it's, that's, been, that's been done and it's, it's over and done with. Um, the bigger picture here is, is, is the lives and the health of the nation. Now at the moment the, the deaths seem to be coming down and staying down. But we, ha all of us, ha each have a responsibility now to making sure that that maintains and that stays at that level. And if that means being a bit more socially distant for a bit longer, and not rushing into meeting people, and not doing what they did, uh, I don't even know where the beach was, but you'll have, you'll have all seen the, the, the video clips uh, during the week of, of that beach down south somewhere, and it was just, you couldn't see the sand, it was just chock full of people, and it was completely ridiculous. Um, at least the people over the protests at the weekend were wearing masks and were, were being, you know, sensible about what they were doing. Not not completely perfect, let's not be honest, but potentially some issues are bigger than um, being socially distanced at this time. So absolutely, you know, all power to them and, and right on them to be to be going out and protesting. It's for me, I think it's the right thing to do as long as we are still, you know, taking precautions afterwards. You know, washing our hands. You know, in, in groups like that, wearing the masks and stuff. Um, so yeah, that's my feeling at the moment, and and I'm 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 of the mind of not to follow a pod politician when they say it's the right time to be doing this and the right time to be doing that. As, as I've already said, I'm going to take my lead from science and I'm going to take my lead from medicine. And if they think we should still be maintaining certain rules to, to keep us safe, to keep our loved ones safe and well, then I'm absolutely going to do that. Um, so that's my thoughts on the matter anyway. Um, and I'm going to carry on doing that. I want to tell you about this because this is probably one of the funniest things I've seen in my entire life and it happened in my back garden last week. Now, 
Uh, I love nature and wildlife. I think people already know that. It's 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 where I'm happiest. I think. Um, so I've got uh, a really nice garden at the back. Got a deck. Got lovely plants and flowers and stuff. And it's lovely to get out there and enjoy that with the insects, the butterflies, uh, and the bees. And try and encourage them into the garden. It's lovely. I've got some bird boxes, and we get all sorts of birds coming into the garden. Um, you know, you get your usual sort of sparrows and dunnocks and stuff like that. But we've been getting uh, blue tits and great tits and and goldfinches in the garden. Got a couple of magpies that tend to show up every now and again and have a little bit of a a, a play around and stuff. So there's feeders out, and you know, it's lovely. You can sit out, and you can just watch the birds fly into your garden and. And, and peck away. And last week we had a uh, we had a couple of little. Um, there were blackbirds, uh, but they tried to fledge and failed and, and fell into the garden, um, but managed to find themselves up into one of the, the the shrub trees. And I was watching Mum come down. She was still looking after them. She was coming along with the with the worms every now and again and giving them a bit of food. And then they would hop around the garden. The little one following. Uh, mum around and she'd pick up a little worm out the garden, pull it up, turn round and there's the little in behind her and feed and they would just have this little procession around the garden where they were, you know, where, where the little one was getting fed. That was lovely. Now, I I like squirrels in the garden as well. Now, now I know some of you are going to go, the vermin, they just destroy stuff. They're forever breaking into and destroying my bird feeders. Well, there's an easy way to, to combat that. Feed the squirrel. People say all the time, my dad used to work in a garden centre. People used to come along and say, how do you stop a squirrel getting into the bird feeder and stealing the nuts? Feed the squirrel. Put a bowl on the floor with nuts in. It won't bother with the bird feeder then. You just give them, they don't have the food at the end of the day. They don't have to feed in their young. And they've got as much right as anybody else, um, you know, when it comes to wildlife. So I don't mind them. I put, I put um, nuts out for them. It's lovely you see them squirrelling around the garden. Sorry for using the pun there. But yeah, it's lovely to watch them. But last week, the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in my entire life happened. I've got a garden fence that divides me and next door. And next door had put some of these hanging nut bags out. Now, you might have seen these. These um, red mesh bags, sausage bags that get hung up. They're usually quite cheap. If you don't want to go to the expense of getting an elaborate bird feeder, you, can, you know, like a quid, quid fifty, something like that. Right, and you just hang them up with the nuts in. This squirrel, I was sat just in the doorway looking out. I've got French doors that open out onto the back. And I was just sat there and just enjoying nature. And the next thing I saw, the corner of my eye, this squirrel on the fence with one of these red bags, I promise you not, slung over its shoulder like a tiny burglar this squirrel had this sack of nuts. It nicked it from next door's garden. It managed to drag it off the hook or on the nail, whatever it was on. And I promise you, it was slung over its shoulder and it ran the length of the fence like it was making a getaway with a swag bag. I kid you not, this was this was the, oh, the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. And it got, it got nearly to the end of the fence. And the, I've, got a, I've got some solar lights in the garden and there's one of those, you know, the solar panels that come with it. They come on the like the little attachment that you screw to the fence, you know, the, the little black panel thing. It was running along and running along and running along, and the bag of nuts got trapped <laughs> in the solar panel. And this thing, it yanked the squirrel backwards. 
like some sort of wily coyote uh, cartoon. Uh, and, he, and he ran back, sort of like to them, struggled with the bag. Get off, get off, give me my nuts back. And he grabbed the bag again and off he went and he just ran, ran to the bottom of the fence and off he went up the tree with, <laughs> with this bag of nuts. Um, it was one of those occasions where I didn't, I couldn't get a video camera on it quick enough. I was far too busy laughing. Um, oh, but it was just amazing. Just wildlife just throws up some absolute treats sometime. Um, if you've got any wildlife stories, please do send them in. Um, tell us from a homeworker at Outlook.com. So I hope you're all keeping well in these in these difficult times. Um, now I've spoken about this in the past because I think last week for me I've been I've been ticking along really, really, really okay um, over, for the past few weeks. But yeah, hit a, hit a bump in the road last week, uh, and it just got me to stop and reevaluate the things that I do. Um, now I've spoken about it in the past. And I've talked about you know keeping yourselves um, safe and well and self care throughout this throughout this time, particularly at this time. Uh, Self-care is important, you know, 24-7, you know, 365 days of the year, we, you know, we look after ourselves. Um, but it just got me thinking about it again, and it just wanted me to, um, and I, I just wanted to reiterate uh, a message out there, and that is, when we look at self-care, please do think holistically. Uh, and by that, I mean... You can't just think, well, I'm going to I'm going to meditate today and look after my mental health. I'm going to do a little bit of, you know, mindful meditation, you know, mindfulness exercise and then eat rubbish and sit on the couch all day. Doesn't work that way, guys. It's like owning a car and and you know, polishing it every day and cleaning it inside and out and checking the oil and you know, making sure you fill it with petrol and never checking the tires. Do you know what I mean? You, you can't you can't do that with a car. And, and everybody out there, there's a car owner. You go, now that would be ridiculous. To keep a car on the road, you've got to make sure all aspects of it are taken care of. And our bodies are no different uh, in that aspect. You know, you've got you've got to so you've got to make sure that you're you're eating well. All right. Now, let's. I I demolished a, a tube of Pringles the other night watching uh, watching a Bond film. So I'm not going to claim to be holier than thou here. I'm not. It'd be ridiculous of me to 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 say so. But that's um, you know that's that's a bit of a thing that you do now and again, and that's absolutely fine to do that. You know, if if you if you're sensible most of the time, but then Friday or Saturday comes, you think, oh, do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna have a burger and chips and a couple of beers and you know maybe a bar of chocolate. There's no problem with that. It's when you're doing it every day, that's when it becomes the issue. Um, so think about your food. I'm, I know I've mentioned it other weeks. Think about your food. Think about what you're consuming. Make sure you're eating regularly. Make sure you're getting your breakfasts. Make sure that they're balanced. Okay. Have your naughties, but, you know, that it's a, it's a treat, isn't it? Um, you know, you can have your beers. It's a treat, you know, as long as you're not sort of like wellying into it every night, you're going to be absolutely fine. Um, hydrate as well in terms of drinking. Make sure you're hydrating. Make sure you're getting plenty of, of liquids down you. You know, and it doesn't have to be just plain water. Sometimes the government advice will say, well, you must drink like eight cups of water a day. And everybody is, is a bit kind of like, well, I don't really like the taste of water. Well, they, they need to elaborate on that a little bit because it doesn't have to be just water. Put a bit of cordial in it. You know, make a brew. 
you know, have a tea, have a coffee, all that counts. It, but it's it's hydration that's the important thing. Um, so do make sure that you that you keep yourself uh, hydrated. Um, do be careful with alcohol though, because it's diuretic and you'll end up actually expelling more liquid than you take in. Um, so yeah, you you can't really include that in your in your hydration methods, even though a cold pint of cider with ice on a hot summer's day is bliss. Fully wear it up. Okay, so that's that. Make sure you're exercising, all right? Don't have to join a gym. Well, you can't at the moment, can you? They're all shut. Um, but just go out and walk. doesn't have to be, you know... There's plenty of people outside at the moment. I've really noticed this, as I mentioned this other week. You know, the, the Lycra Brigade. They're all out at the moment, aren't they? You know, all the Mambas. Um, no, Mammals. Mambas are something completely different. Mammals. Um... Oh, what does mammal stand for? It'll come back to me in a moment. But lots of lots of badly fitting lycra, usually on bicycles or, or running. Um, you know, all power to them. I'm not going to knock them. That's absolutely fine. But if that's not for you, don't worry. You don't have to do that. Um, just get yourself out for a walk. Just walk around your local area. You know, walk through a park. Um, walk through your closed shopping centres at the moment. Looking through the windows, imagining what it would be like to go back in there and shop, you know, when all that opens up again. Um, but movement get up off the couch if you if you guys are home working right now and you're sat at your desks it's you know you know what it's like in my in my office when we're working yeah i'll sit at my desk and do something and i'll need to go and ask someone a question you know i, I tend not to like emailing somebody i'd rather get up and walk and go and see them and ask them the question face to face um because it gets you up and it gets you moving um that's kind of been removed from us a bit in this lockdown period, hasn't it? You know, we, we just we, we sit at our desks at nine o'clock in the morning. We tend to stay there all day. Um, so it's important that we get up, move around, have a bit of a stretch, go for a little bit of a walk, make sure you're doing it at the weekends. Just keep your body moving, all right? If you do more than that, brilliant. Uh, but if not, just just do that at least. It's, it's good for you. Um, the other thing to bear in mind as well is... Uh, looking after uh, your mind, all right. And we've we've spoken about this in length at the at the past. You can do mindfulness exercises if that works for you. I know it's a big thing and it's popular at the moment. It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Um, it, but you know, I can't do it. I struggle with doing that. You know, when they say just sort of like sit still and just concentrate on your body my mind races off in all different directions you know i'm thinking about what i'm cooking for tea or what's happening later or you know things that's going on in the world or just random sort of stuff uh, but it could be cooking it could be art it could be writing it could be reading a book it could be getting really involved in a tv program even you know if it's distracting you from um the stuff in the modern world then do it you know um i'm not going to demonize social media but if you find that's getting you down, step away from it. You know, I won't demonise the news, but if you find it's getting you down, step away from it. Choose when when you want to see the news rather than it being thrust upon you. It's how we used to do it in the old days, wasn't it? You know, if you wanted to know what was going on in the world, you'd sort of like sit down at six o'clock and watch, you know, um, Grenada Reports or Nationwide or whatever. You know, well, you turn on the news at nine o'clock. You you'd, you would actively seek out the news. You'd go and buy a newspaper and actively seek out the news. And lately, it feels like it's just coming at you from all angles. So, if that's too much, and I'm, I'm guarantee you, for most of you, that will be. Just just choose to step away from that a little bit. That's absolutely fine. Um, 
what else can you do in terms of mindfulness? I don't know, just whatever keeps your mind occupied, really. And it's going to be different for all of you. You're going to like arts and crafts, and some of you might like fishing, or you might be golfers, or, you know, whatever it might be. Whatever it might be. But sitting down, doing nothing, getting bored. You know what they say, the devil makes work for idle hands, and it makes work for idle brains as well, and it's usually not productive. Um, so, yeah, do think about that a little bit. Um, and the last thing in terms of that holistic approach is connection. Can't, I mean, of the four things for me that is, I think, it, it's the most important, you know, um, connecting with your family, connecting with your friends, making sure you're keeping conversations going, make sure you're keeping relationships going. Pick up the phone and speak to a friend you haven't spoken to in a long time or write somebody a letter. Do it old school. Go get some stamps and some envelopes and some writing paper and properly construct the letter. It's a lovely thing to do and it's a lovely thing to receive in the post as well. Um, so it might be something like that. But loneliness is a killer. It really is. Um, and and you know you can you can be you can be lonely with other people if you're not striking up those those connections and, and doing that. Um, we now with the with the with the slight easing of lockdown are now able to gather a little bit more, so you can have six people in your garden. Okay, but do be careful with that. You know it's it's got its pros and its cons, hasn't it? But definitely the pro is being able to to meet with people and converse and share and laugh and do all that and do all that stuff. Um, so give it some thought, guys. You know, it's you can't you can't ignore um, any aspect of of self care. It's got to be it's got to be everything. Otherwise, it, it it doesn't work. If you've got any thoughts, any ideas about that, anything that you want to share, any questions, please do get in touch. Tales from a homeworker at outlook dot com. You may have noticed through this. As I've been talking, I sometimes get my words muddled, and I've, I've got to be careful saying that. Um, my brain jumps ahead far too quickly, and sometimes it'll take two words that I want to say, and it just mashes them together in my head, like it's trying to make life easier for me, getting the words out quicker. And now I don't know whether it's just me not thinking things through, or whether it's a touch of the um, a touch of the altars and the high functioning coming in. Where my brain's going quicker than my mouth can operate. Uh, and I used to be really conscious of it. Um, some people find it funny, and you know who you are. You know who I'm talking to right now. And I know some of you do the exact same thing as well. Um, but I used to be really conscious of it, and I used to, certainly in the early days of the podcast, I used to correct it. I'd start all over again and and, um, and re-record it. But you know what? I'm going to own it. I'm gonna, From now on, I'm going to own it. So you will find there's going to be little moments throughout these podcasts going forward where you're going to go, did he just say, did he just say that? Did he, did he just completely fluff that line and say something completely weird and random? Yeah, I did. Yeah, because it's me. It's who I am. I am, I, I was going to break into song then. I am what I am. Let's not. Um, yeah, born for the stage, me. Liverpool landing stage. Um, so, you know what, it's kind of, it's what language is, isn't it? And you know what, we, we may invent some fun words along the way by chance like retismal and i'll explain that to you one day and that's a whole other story uh but yeah you know what we are who we are aren't we you know i'm me can't change it now i'm too old to change well i'm not but 
why change? Quite happy. So, yeah. Don't know whether you've seen it this week. There's been a fascinating story that I've, I picked up on BBC News uh, about the footballer Rory Curtis, who had an accident um, that left him in a coma. And when he awoke from his coma, he spoke fluent French. Um, now he'd studied it. Apparently, he'd studied French in school, uh, but had long since forgotten, you know, the, the language. But apparently, when he woke up. He spoke it with, and according to the website, spoke it so fluently and with such perfect intonation that, that people thought he was a, a native um, Frenchman. Um, in, in fact, the nurse that was attending him was, um, was a French lady, and she thought he was from France because he didn't just speak the language. He spoke it with the right intonations, with the, with the right you know, dialect, you know, with the right accent. It, was, it wasn't just... You know, French. It wasn't just the words. It wasn't just the language. It was as if he was a you know a native uh, Frenchman, and it was absolutely fascinating. Um, now, apparently, what they did after this, him and his dad had done some research and found out that there was um, there was uh, some French history in in their in their family tree that their particular family had come from Normandy in the eighteen hundreds. So it's it sparked this idea now, and I'm wondering whether there's a, a degree of truth in this. Now I've I've spoken in the past about how I I used to be fascinated with the paranormal and supernatural, and I suppose I still am. But I'm looking for um, normal scientific explanations for some of the things that happen. And one of those things I'm thinking about here is past life regression. Because the idea being now is the reason why there's some people are thinking that he might have spoke that French fluently is because this theory that it's recorded in our DNA. If I was, you know, if I had family in the deep distant past who were, well, let's use an example of this. Um, I've, I, did, I did my family tree recently, I did that spit in the bottle thing and they, they go away and they test your DNA and it turns out I'm 3% Swedish. Which kind of explains my fascination with IKEA uh, and ABBA. <laughs> I can be found dancing to ABBA at parties, and I'll put that down to the Swede in me. Um, but maybe part of what happens is in that in that Swedish um, heraldry, you know that those ancestors, you know that language that they weren't that they learned has been passed down in my DNA, and I don't remember it. I don't know it. I can't speak it. But maybe it's held in there, maybe it's locked in there, like some other, you know, specific traits that get passed down, um, you know, through our through our DNA. And I mean, it's a bit of a genetic lottery, really, isn't it? But it's there, it's hidden. And if somewhere we can tap into that, we can recall it. And I'm wondering whether this is, this is the point with the past life regression thing. When people are regressed, you know, through hypnosis... And and they've always attributed to oh well you know I've I've lived I've lived previous lives I'm recounting a time when I lived a previous life, well maybe it's not you reliving a previous life, maybe that hypnosis is in is unlocking that that DNA record, and what you're actually tapping into is the lives of your ancestors, and their experiences and the languages that they spoke. Um, it always gets me the whole past life regression thing because they're always kings of this and queens of that and lord and lady the other. You know, they're never, you know, shoveling a factory floor with a brush, are they? You know, or anything like that. 
never a chimney sweep. You know, they're always something grand. Um, but anyway, yeah, that, that's a whole other thing. But maybe there is an element of that. And it makes you wonder, what could we... If that's real, if that's true, if if what has happened in our, in our history with our grandparents, great-grandparents, so on and so on and so on, back down the dawns of time, what could we tap into? What could we find out? What could we know? We could all, each of us, have part of the world's biggest history library, you know? And if, if we could find a way of uncovering that, wouldn't that be fantastic? Wouldn't that be amazing? It'd make learning a new language a lot easier, that's for sure. So now it's that time of the show I know you've all been looking forward to. It's Football Manager Update. Well, I'm still in charge of Paris Saint-Germain. I'm in my fourth season there. I've won uh, the league three times in a row now. I've won the Trophée des Champions uh, three times in a row now. Uh, I've won the European Super Cup two times in a row now. I've won two French Cups. I've won three League One titles. And I've just won the European Champions League twice in a row. Jurgen Klopp, when you come to stand down, I'm, I'm writing me letter in because I can if I can if I can do this, Liverpool, I'm your man. Next time round, when Jurgen goes goes back to Germany or, or or manages the England team or something like that, it's kind of inevitable, really, isn't it? Gareth Southgate will step down at some point. He'll get he'll get a proper job in in the Premier League, and Jurgen's going to be England manager, uh, and then there's going to be a vacancy, and well, so who better? Who better? Who better with that track record? If I put that on my CV and send that in, I'd get an interview, surely, wouldn't I? Wouldn't I? I would, with that sort of record. You would. Apparently now as well, I live in Paris and I speak fluent French. So it's real. It's completely real. It's true. Honest. Deluded much? No. No. that's it for another week lovely people thank you for listening um if you're enjoying this please do share it with you your friends your colleagues your family your pets person next door bloke down the street your vicars your religious leaders your shop workers your key workers your nhs staff and anybody else you can think of in between um it's been a pleasure as always. Um, if you do enjoy this, please do uh, subscribe. Please do like. Please do rate. Please do comment. Please do contribute. Send me your emails at talesfromhomeworker@outlook.com. Um, questions, queries, stories, ideas, thoughts, confessions, uh, or anything else in between you can think of. Um, glad to hear from you, and if it's if it's good stuff, and I'm sure it will be, I'll share it on uh, another episode coming up. Uh, so that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.